Welcome to episode two of Vikings, Outlaws, and Cowboys. I'm Vico, the bearded one. You can call me JT for short. That's Bjorn in the background. And uh, just going to go ahead and get started. But before we get started today on uh, this episode, I'd just like to send a special thanks to Martin Antonio for allowing us to use Life on the Lamb as an intro to our podcast. Uh, Martin Antonio is a combat Marine combat vet uh, down in Texas. And he's got a great, unique sound, and I listen to all of his songs all the time. Um, give me a follow. He's on all the socials. All right. So before we begin, I'd like to thank all of our sponsors, starting off with, of course, the Bearded Viking Mead Company, uh, for all their support and uh, making sure that this can be an active thing weekly, as well as Rogue Industries. Um, they're based out of Tooele, Utah. Uh, well, it's actually Lake Point, Utah. But if you need a custom shirt, hat, or other apparel made, um, they are the the people to go to. Uh, give Alex a, a call, and he'll be able to help you out. Finally, we'd like to thank Boss Graphic Design Studio. They're the actual uh, team that put together the Bearded Viking logo, as well as um, most of our apparel hats, uh, our apparel, and all the uh, different graphics, such as this one on my hat today. Give them a like and follow on all socials, and if you need anything such as logo work, uh, reach out. Let them know that Vico sent you. Now that that's all done, let's kind of get over, get into what we're going to be talking today. Or talking about today. So on today's podcast, I'm going to cover men's mental health uh, during the holidays and speak to y'all a little bit about how I became a huge advocate for mental health. It's kind of a serious conversation for me. It's near and dear to my heart, as the majority of my friends know. Um, the holidays are really hard for me. Um, some years worse than others. I think that's just a standard for most men. So without further uh, without further ado, let's get into it. Um, so I'm going to talk about a, a pretty dark time in my life, probably the darkest time in my life. Uh, I'd give an example of how I was able to come out of that time. So there we go. Uh, the year is 2015. And I had just gone through my second divorce at the beginning of the year, being in the middle of the year, and had started dating somebody new. And during that time, um, I fell into the rebound relationship where all your feelings are the most important thing in the whole world. And that person is the most important thing in the whole world to you. Uh, of course, minus my children. Well, that person broke up with me uh, early October, maybe mid-October. At the same time, I had started my own shop about three years prior uh, doing mechanical work called The Tire Hunter. It was located in West Valley, Utah. And I was the... Owner, operator, master tech, salesperson, pretty much everything. And it sucked. Long days, long hours, um, and whatnot. So, get to Thanksgiving. So, I was in a situation where I would have to drive all the way down to Albuquerque, New Mexico from Salt Lake City. It's nine and a half hours, maybe ten hours each way. It's a long-ass drive. Super long drive, especially in the wintertime. So I had to head down to see my kiddos, which I loved. 
pick them up and turn around and come back. The last day that they were here, which is always the hardest day, um, before we left, I couldn't sleep. And my phone decided that it wanted to let me know that my ex-girlfriend married somebody within six weeks of being broken up with me. It was kind of like a kick to the chest, really hard, especially during the holidays. Um, knowing full well that I was going to be spending the holidays alone. Oh, mind you, I was living in my friend's basement uh, when I had my kids during the time. Um, I would go to my parents' house, and that's where we would stay for a few days, and they would graciously accept us in because my parents are awesome. Um, but I don't know how to ask for help, so I never did. So, staying there, find out. My girlfriends get got married, find out a bunch of other th things that don't need to be uh, really talked about. But you can kind of picture how how bad somebody's heart would be hurt, right? Coupled with the fact that you're dropping your children off and you won't get to see them again until the summer. So, I start the long trek, the long drive or long trek back down to Albuquerque, New Mexico. Now, on this drive, a couple things happened. My oldest daughter um, decided that she wanted to tell me that she didn't want to see me again. Well, you know, teenagers do things like that. I kind of expected it. it just kind of was a, was a reoccurring thing, except for she was adamant about it and wouldn't speak to me. So she was 15 years old at the time. So I drop off my kids. Typical thing happens. Um, where there's a lot of awkwardness and we're just going to leave that, the drop off alone because of the way that my relationship with my ex is, and it doesn't need to be uh, spoken about. However, <clears throat> drop off the kids, I get in, the, in my car and I just immediately turn around to drive home to Salt Lake City. So driving home to Salt Lake City, I'm just heartbroken. Everything's sucking right now. I make it to Farmington, New Mexico. And as you're coming through Farmington, New Mexico, you come to this point where uh, out of Rio Rancho area, Albuquerque area, you can either turn left or turn right, and you turn left to go to Salt Lake, right? As I'm making the left-hand turn to come to Salt Lake, uh, my phone goes off, and one of my friends tells me that a gal that I used to work with who is a Leo decided to be a statistic that day they found her that day so that was rough that was brutal on top of brutal for everything else that i was feeling and mind you this is like november 30th when this is all happening so i'm driving home and i make it to the four corners area uh, kind of like in between like Durango and New Mexico. And there's this one spot of cell service that comes through. And I have a notification from my company bank account that says that I am negative $1,000. And I have no work lined up. I have no way to pay my employees that were working for me at the time. And I had to pull over. I had, again, 
a very, very small amount of money in my personal bank account as I was just struggling to make it in life during this time. So I pulled over, bought a cigarette, a pack of cigarettes. Don't recommend smoking, by the way. It's a habit that's really hard, but you know, I picked it up as soon as I got divorced. So um, anyway, so I pulled over, smoke a couple cigarettes. Shouldn't have spent the money on what I did, but I did. And I drove home. And the whole way home, no matter what station I listened to, there was all these heartbreak songs and songs about missing your kids and songs about friends that can't be around anymore and all of this shit. So I get home. I have to close down my business. I can't pay rent. I can't pay my employees. I have an immense amount of pain and anguish that I'm dealing with. Now we come to Christmas time. So now I'm still living in my friend's basement in a tiny secluded room. I have a black lab named Montana. He was named after the greatest quarterback to play football. I don't care about you Tom Brady fans, but Joe Montana was the best. So I get a second job and I get a third job and I start to try to dig myself out of this debt. Every day I call my daughters at seven o'clock, no answer. And I start to realize that maybe my legacy doesn't want to be my legacy. And watching my friend with his kids and all the other friends that I have with all of their kids and going to Christmas parties and being the lonely guy, the standoffish veteran, the single man that nobody wants to talk to because fuck them. They're a man. He's a guy. He, he doesn't have feelings. He doesn't need to feel like he's fine. Nobody checks on me. So I get my first paycheck after bouncing in a bar and I go to the store and I buy a used 45 XD. I get one back, one box of ammo. I go home. I put it away. Don't think about it. Christmas Eve happens. No, sorry, the day before Christmas Eve happens, 23rd. And went to the bar and I got drunk and I had to have somebody pay for my tab. And that was my last draw. That was it. I was not a contributing member to society at the time. I rack around and I stick the gun in my mouth. And when I stick the gun in my mouth, my dog Montana comes over. And he used to do this thing where he would take his paw when he wanted your attention. He would just jab you with it. Sit down and like he was going to shake your hand and he just jab you. I put the gun in my mouth and he jabs me right in the fucking knee. Like what, dude? So I pull a gun out. I'm like, what, dude? And he looks over at this cute picture of my kids. I have three. This this picture of my daughters when they're like five, well, like seven, five and two, I think. I think two or three. And I'm like, yeah, I know. They'd be better off without me. And I go to put the gun back in my mouth. 
and he jabs me again and he makes this like sound this like groaning sound like oh and looks again at everything and i said i know and i started crying i broke down in complete un unconsolable tears and then my dog climbed up over the top of me and he laid on top of me saved my life so why am i telling you guys this <clears throat> well i took that firearm i still have it today and i unloaded the ammunition i walked upstairs and i gave it to my friend to keep for safekeeping <clears throat> i didn't tell him anything about what it was about to occur i also at the same time didn't realize the trauma that i would have put on in his in his home uh looking back now that would have been an asshole thing to do uh, but i was at my wit's end i didn't know what to do so christmas eve comes now my friend is trying his best he knows that i'm struggling um <clears throat> so he's trying to like help me out and him and his wife and unfortunately we don't talk to talk anymore but i will forever be in their debt um <clears throat> they knew me at a time that i wasn't where i'm at today and i'm and i'm still thankful every single day for the help that they gave me um so i was sitting there and they were trying really hard they had bought me christmas presents and everything else but it if you're a single dad and you can't be around your kids it's really hard like it's hard like there's no other way to describe it it's terrible so my friend texts me she's a vet and she's like hey what are you doing i'm like just sitting here She's like, I know you just dropped off your kids and I know you just closed your business and I know you're going through a lot of trauma. I'm going to be at your house in a little bit, get an over, overnight bag. <clears throat> now, her name was Danny. Um, she showed up. She borrowed her sister's car. It's like 1999 Toyota Camry, brown. And she's like, get in. So I got in. She had packed food. She'd made a bunch of little things. And I'm like, where the hell are we going? She's like, I've never been to Mount Rushmore. And you seem like you need to get the fuck away. So we drove to Mount Rushmore on Christmas Eve. We stayed in um, South Dakota in Mammoth Hot Springs at a Walmart there the night before. She slept in the back, and I slept in the most uncomfortable fucking seats in the entire world in a Toyota Camry in the front seat. And then we went to Mount Rushmore on Christmas Day. We get there, and there is literally nobody there. There are four people there, and there is a note on the gate that says, no charge today. Merry Christmas, everybody. Pretty awesome. I got to get my picture in front of Mount Rushmore without having to worry about somebody jumping in anything else. I got to see some woolly mammoths through like <laughs> windows on this trip. Like just like kind of peeking through the, uh, the museum. I have a picture with the woolly mammoth uh, statue outside with, with my friend Danny and <clears throat> drove home. Now, why am I telling you this? It's a super dark story. I almost killed myself. The reason why is that's the original meetup. 
she reached out to me unknowingly and pulled me out of my sorrow. She didn't pull me out of my sorrow by doing anything that's out of the norm. Yeah, we drove forever and whatnot and had some great times and bullshitted and had a beer at Mount Rushmore because nobody was there to stop us. Right. Fine. Whatever. Cool. But she pulled me out of my sorrow and I got home and yeah, my friends were pissed because they bought Christmas presents for me and stuff. My friends were, you know, but I explained to them like, Hey, I don't got my kids. You know, it's hard. This is hard. And I have this PTSD fucking demon that's sitting over here and he is literally chomping at the bit to dance with me. So I'm like, cool, dude, let's fucking go. So now I'm like, how can I be better? How can I repay this kindness that this person has unknowingly given me? Well, this is how. I can be a better person and focus on me. So that way, when the time comes, I'm able to give back. Now, is this something that everybody can do? Absolutely, you can. Absolutely, you can. And if you don't think you can, then give me a call. I'm not joking about that. If you are in such a dark place that you need that kind of help, all it takes is a smile from a friend, a stranger. That's it. Not going to be kumbaya about this shit. It's not real. The kumbaya thing sucks because you're not going to save everybody. And neither end is you're, you. You might not even save yourself. And that's terrible. It's a terrible thing. But this is life. So now how do I consistently overcome things now? This is the funny part. So really January, moving through the holidays now. I've made it. Still alive. 2016 happens. 2016 is going to be my new year. I'm going to be it. It's great. Got a job working at CR England with my buddy Nick Moss. And I'm just like starting fresh. Let's go. Right. Well. My buddy Brad, who runs a little gig called Karaoke Idol in Salt Lake, hits me up. He's like, hey, man, I'm just starting this thing called Karaoke Idol. Oh, yeah. Cool. Good job, bud. High five. I don't fucking karaoke. He's like, look, I'll buy your drinks if you come down. And just sing a song. I don't care. I just need to make sure that the 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 boss man sees that I'm going to be here. Cool. So what do I do? Free drinks. Going to go hang out. Going to be social. Going to be responsible. I'm not going to be stupid. I'm going to go have fun with people that I know from being a bouncer. So I show up and I'm in downtown Salt Lake. And he's like, hey, what do you want to sing? And I'm like, well, the only thing that I really know how to sing is painful songs. So let's sing Hurt by Johnny Cash. And I sing Hurt. And I get a standing ovation. Never sang before in front of anybody. Like, well, at least. So here's the thing. I sing in front of all these people and there's chaos happening. There's like a fight going on in the background. And of course, somebody right when I first start 
starts laughing that uncontrollable cackle from some crazy chick in the background where you're like, why are you laughing like that? Like, I want to know what the joke is. Tell me, or please stop laughing. One of the two. I, it's, it's so terrible that you have to laugh too. Right. And then, you know, of course, somebody drops a glass halfway through the song. What I realized in that moment, reflecting now, I had control over me. I have control over anything else. More importantly, I went six days without seeing my demon. That's pretty fucking epic. I don't know the science behind it, and I don't pretend to know the science behind it, but I do know this. We all struggle. This was my outlet. It also was an outlet and afforded me an opportunity to meet up with my friends. I care if they were bar friends. I care if they were real friends. I needed to feel good and smile and laugh. I had no idea how to fill my glass. I had no idea how to make my glass. My glass had been kicked over and shattered on the ground. And I realized at that moment that I needed to refill a glass that didn't exist. So I make it to round two. So I'm like super stoked. I've made it six days, seventh day. I I go to work. I'm in like a freaking amazing mood. Get cut off and flipped off and all of the terrible things. And I'm not in an amazing mood anymore. And I am triggered. Like, hardcore triggered. Like, okay, cool. Well, today we chose violence. We're doing this. I'm going to probably run somebody off the road and be on the news. Not that I even have road rage, because typically I just swear at people inside of my car, because they don't need to hear me and my angry uh, <laughs> uh, swearing, because um, it's not a thing that they need to do. They just need to be better drivers, right? That's what we all think. So I'm, like, not feeling up to it. I text my buddy Brad, hey, I'm not going to make it, man. Just just cancel me out. He's like, dude, I'll buy you another couple beers. Don't worry about it. Just calm down. You had a great time last time. I'd love to have you down here see what happens. I'm like, cool, man. I'm not going to sing a sad song this time. I'm going to sing something else. He's like, I don't care what you sing, man. Come on down. I go down. And I sing Fucker Gently by Tenacious D. Again. I get a standing ovation. I have people singing the song along. The judges are singing along. Having a blast, complete blast. By the way, I don't sing that song very well, but I was having fun. I was in my heart moment. And I get done and I feel like a weight is lifted off of me. I've got my friends cheering me on. And I realized in the second instance that I had friends that cared about me. I had people that were willing to show up just to support me. They weren't all veterans. There was a ton of veterans that were there, but they weren't all veterans. There were there were people that I worked with. There were people that I barely had met that were like, dude, we heard you sing last time. We're here. We're cheering for you. Let's go. Let's see what happens. And I'm like, sweet, man. So like all of a sudden, this opportunity to just get out of the house is becoming more of a rising tides, raise all ships kind of feel. All of a sudden, I'm feeling like really, really happy a, a lot more. And I'll tell you what. I went seven days without a problem. I did sing one more time. I made it to semifinals. And I sang Snow Patrol. Why? I don't know why. I failed. I sucked at it. It's like that, that range is way outside of anything that I could ever do. 
And that's fine. I didn't care. And I went 14 days after that without having a problem. And then people started thinking I was crazy because I would start. It was like I was drug. It was a drug. I was hooked to it. I didn't have to rely on the VA anymore. And their psychiatrists prescribing all the shit to me that they prescribed to you. And I sat back and I was like, this is wild. And I looked at everything. Years went by. Me seeing karaoke. One incident a year. One PTSD breakdown a year. Maybe. No drugs. No, like, acupuncture therapy. No, you know, doing illicit drugs on my own. Drinking a little drinking a lot sometimes but what i realized is because of my friend who pulled me out when it was dark i found a way to chase my own greatness i found a way to alleviate ptsd within myself now is this going to work for everybody out there hell no man plus i don't want to hear half you guys sing anyways just like you don't want to hear me sing it's fine but it's an example of steps we can do for each other as men. I think the hardest thing from a, my perspective as being a single man and being a father is the holidays. The rest of the year doesn't matter. Summertime visitation, hanging out with the kids. What are we doing? We're running through sprinklers. Fuck yeah. We're going camping. We're getting away from here. And if you don't do those things, you're like, hey, dude, I am a D&D person. Cool. Check it out. I got some dice. Let's roll them dice, right? You can make the summertime happy, but the wintertime, unfortunately, with the world that we're in, it's hard. I've had I've had Christmases where I've had friends sell their Christmas presents and buy my daughter's presents and say that were for me. And now, my entire life, from a mental health perspective for men, is really donated to getting back to that. And repaying those debts that are unrepayable. I don't even know if that's a word, but that's how it feels. Those debts are so tremendous to me because they've kept me alive. And they've allowed me to see my second oldest daughter graduate, my oldest daughter graduate. She still doesn't talk to me, but that isn't the thing. My youngest daughter coming up allowed me to be able to gain the life that I have now and live in Montana on a ranch, opening a mead company working on my master's program, things of that, right? So how do we help each other? That's a simple and complicated question at the same time. Because we as veterans are stubborn as fuck. We as men are stubborn as fuck. And every single one of us, doesn't matter what era you were raised in, we have a hard time asking for help. Why? Why is that? I'll tell you why it's okay because everything in the world says it is your responsibility to protect and provide that's good but at the same time that's a lot of pressure you have to protect your children you need to provide for your children you need to create a safe place for your children we work more time than most people Right? I'm not discounting um, our spouses and our partners, but I'm saying we spend more time away from our kids. And today it's a duality where our spouses spend more time away from the home and away from the kids than we ever did. You know, I'm a latchkey kid. 
my dad was a firefighter. My mom would work full time. My dad was gone all the time. And if he wasn't gone for doing firefighter stuff, he was out working as a foreman and he would leave. I mean, I can still smell it. There's two two smells in this world that will always remind me of my dad. The smell of the forms of, of cement and his boots that he would wear for cement and the smell of his turnout gear. That will always remind me of my dad. He was gone all the time. Why, why was he gone? Because he wanted to provide the latest and greatest game console. He wanted to make sure that we could do things. He wanted to make sure that when I turned 14, I had my very own 30 out six. So we could go hunting together. He wanted to make sure of those things. And my mom, she worked her ass off and we didn't deserve to be her children. Her, that's a real thing. She adopted me and my little brother. We were little shitheads. Still are. But that's all right. But how can we how can we support each other? That's a that's a real question. And, and it's a very, very complicated answer, but it's really simple in the beginning. Um, look what Danny did for me. All it takes is just checking in on somebody you haven't talked to in a while. Watch their social media posts. They're struggling. They're struggling. Now, there are a lot of people out there on social media that post everything about their life you can reach out to them if you want i encourage you to reach out make sure they're okay if they want to tell you their life story hey you decide when you need to close that bag of worms but what i would recommend overall you find people who maybe are posting often on social media and then all of a sudden stop Reach out to that person that you know has just gone through a breakup. Give them a call. Meet them up. Meet up with them for a beer, some meat if you have some, or take them out axe throwing, do some guy shit. Encourage them to make it through this holiday season, because this holiday season is hard always. So, how do you do that though? If you live in Montana and your closest friend. Your closest friends live in Texas and Utah. <clears throat> well, luckily today we have technology. Now, if you don't have the ability to have a computer, you can use FaceTime or Facebook Messenger or whatever or WhatsApp. You can download and bullshit and talk to your friends. As a matter of fact, me and my crew, we actually just did that on Tuesday. We actually have a standing Tuesday open invite for a cocktail hour. For my friends at work, I work remotely. Um, we have a standing invite every Friday for what we call beers and billing. We're supposed to enter in our 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 time, and we sit and drink beers, and we talk about everything, whether it's the latest cool laser engraving shit that I'm doing, or falconry, or um, my buddy Ted, who loves to cook and loves the Vikings and lives in Philadelphia and has to deal with all of his nonsense out there in Philly, or my buddy Matt who is just constantly going to these cool freaking wine tastings and fancy shit out in Cali. We haven't seen each other in almost three years, four years, but we meet every Friday. This isn't a meetup. It's just checking on your friends. I've got friends that will check up on me. And as much as I, as they do for me, I check up on them and we'll, fa we'll FaceTime. We'll spend, we'll, we'll spend like an hour and a half drinking a beer. It doesn't matter. 
but I encourage you to use that, to do that. That's a very, very important thing. Use what you have to reach out to your friends. Not only will it make you feel better for checking up on them, but it will make them feel better and in such a hard time of year. So that's an example of a virtual meetup. I would love some feedback in the comments on how you guys could uh, do meetups. Um, my, my favorite meetups are the hunting meetups where we go up to the mountains and we go walk around and pretend like we know what the hell we're doing, but we actually don't. So there's that. And we sit down at the fire in the afternoon, mid, mid evening, nighttime, and we have a beer or two and we just talk shit to each other. And that's really what my favorite part is. And it's like a refreshing moment for my mental health every year. All right. <clears throat> so those are some, some examples. Uh, a little bit more info about me that I don't really share, but I think this time of year is really important for people to know that I might have been a, a number and why I'm such an advocate for men's mental health. So before I move on to the final piece of, of our, our podcast tonight, um, I also want to make sure everybody understands uh, why we're focusing on men's mental health and not mental health for everybody. Well, here's the thing. I'm a man. I don't know how to focus on or understand women's mental health. Um, it's not a forum that I, I get because I don't understand it. And to do so would be disingenuous. So as the podcast grows, eventually I'll be bringing people on um, outside of our crew as special guests. And I would love to have some conversations with some combat vets that are females and talk about their mental health and what they experience outside of the military. And then kind of grow that into maybe an off branch of Vikings, Outlaws, and cow, uh, Cowboys um, and see what happens. But that's a long ways away. We just barely hit episode two. So um, the final thing that I'd like to talk to you, everybody about tonight is actually a an organization that we are at the Bearded Viking are supporting called Racing for Tomorrow. So Racing for Tomorrow is a nonprofit organization that looks to enhance the well-being of our nation's heroes. Their leadership team brings years of motorsports and military experiences and resources and allows veterans to get in a driver's seat of a race car. Now, if you know anything about PTSD and you know anything about what that is, basically what happens is you have an adrenal gland spike that stays spiked. And everything is hyper-aggressive, hyper-sensitive, hyper-everything, right? And so when you get behind the wheel of a, of a race car and you're going 100 miles an hour around a turn and then you have to slam the brakes and do a different turn. By the way, this is not left-hand turning. This is a street course. Um, and you... You have somebody there coaching you through those and telling you how to utilize the brake and how to drift and how to do those things. That's an adrenaline rush. Now, have I ever done it? No, I have not. I would love to. However, there are other people out there that need it more than I do. Uh, and so we are proud sponsors of them. Their mission statement is to empower the lives of veterans through motorsports by providing driving opportunities, support and training. So why don't you go give them a follow on the Instagrams? I believe they're on the Facebooks as well. Um, I'm not sure if they're on the talk docs or not, but give them a follow. Let them know that we sent you. And that's kind of going to be the wrap of the call of the, the podcast tonight. So with all due respect, much love, 
Merry Christmas. Cheers, motherfuckers.